In his book, Unshakable Hope, my favorite author, Max Lucado, tells of 60-year-old Timothy Henry Gray, whose lifeless body was found under a Wyoming overpass December 27, 2012. There were no signs of uh, criminal mischief or foul play. Instead, they found a homeless cowboy who died of hypothermia. Timothy Gray was a victim of bad breaks and had literally frozen to death. The thing that stands out about Timothy Gray is he actually stood to inherit millions of dollars. His great-grandfather was a wealthy copper miner, railroad builder, and even founded a small Nevada town you might have heard of. It's called Las Vegas. Uh, his great-grandfather's fortune was passed down to his daughter, Huggett, who died in 2011 at the age of 102. Huggett left a $300 million fortune, which at the time of Gray's death was tied up in court. As things turned out, Timothy Henry Gray, dead under a railroad underpass, wasn't poor after all. His inheritance was worth over $19 million. The question is, how does a multimillionaire die like a pauper? How does that happen? Surely, Timothy Gray knew about his family's history. Why didn't he stay in touch with his great aunt? Uh, why didn't he investigate about the riches that were due to come his way? Why wasn't he hiring lawyers and private investigators to figure out what his situation was? I think most of us, we would camp at the doorsteps of his aunt, great aunt Huggett and ask every question and find out every de detail. We, we'd want to know what's going on. We would make every effort to access and claim our inheritance. Wouldn't, wouldn't we? Or uh, would we? <laughs> this morning we're going to dig into the inheritance that rightly belongs to every follower of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you know Jesus personally and his spirit has taken up residence in your life, here's what you need to know. You are an heir to God. You are a co-heir of Jesus Christ. So exactly what Romans 8 verse 17 says. We're going to look at that this morning. In Christ, we're not just some slave or servant. In Jesus Christ, we're children of the king of the universe. That's huge. That's life-changing. But most of us don't have that downloaded in our brains. We are children of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We literally are part of the family of the king of the universe. I like how Max says it. We have everything we need to be everything that God desires. You have everything you need in Christ to be everything that God desires in you. 
divine resources have been deposited in you and in me. This morning, we're going to go digging for gold in the gold mine that's known as Romans 8, 12 to 17. Riches, I'm telling you, great riches have already been deposited in your account. The challenge is to know it, to believe it, and then to start living in relationship to what's true about us. Sadly, many of us are just like Timothy Gray. We're clueless. We're living life as though we're poor, homeless orphans. We are so rich, but we're living as though we're paupers. Tragically, some of us, even here today, are sleeping and dying under the underpass. When in reality, we are multi-millionaires spiritually in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud together some riches that are true about everyone here today who genuinely knows Jesus Christ personally as Savior and Lord. We'll start with verse 12. We'll read down through verse 17. Would you join with me? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for the riches that we were just reminded about. Open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to everybody watching online, to everybody here in the building today who know and love and follow your son, Jesus. Lord, for some reason, what we just read is hard to believe. It seems it's too good to be true. But Lord, your word is inspired. It's, it's what you've put down on parchment and preserved for us. It's profound truth. It's life-changing, mind-blowing truth. And I'm praying, Lord, you'll help us to believe it and trust it and start living according to your instruction manual for our lives. Help, help us to adjust our thinking. Would you help us to begin to change the way we talk? Lord, uh, would you empower our behavior to reflect our new inheritance in and through and because of your son, Jesus Christ? I'd invite you right now, would you uh, join with me as we sing the rest of our prayer here this morning?
our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Be seated. Last week we were in Romans chapter 7. We discovered in verses 14 to 25, newsflash, we all still struggle with sin. Tell me something I didn't already know, Pastor Jeff. Uh, we all are still prone to wander and uh, prone to leave the God we love. But thanks be to God for chapter 8 and verse 1 of Romans. Uh, Jesus covered our sin debt with his shed blood on the cross. We struggle, but our condemnation is gone permanently. Past sin, present sin, future sin. Our struggle is still alive, but the condemnation is gone. Not only does Jesus free us from condemnation, he provides the power to live a free life. That's pretty, pretty special, okay? So he frees us from condemnation and then empowers us through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to actually live free lives. Such power, verse 11, we saw last, it's the very same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside all of us who are in Christ Jesus. Which brings us to verse 12. Therefore, Paul's building on the previous verses that we just reviewed, because we all still struggle with our old sinful natures, because Jesus Christ has wiped clean our sin debt with his shed blood, because we have the greatest power in the universe living right here inside of us, verse 12, look at it, we have an obligation. And our obligation is not to our old, sinful, selfish flesh. We have a new obligation. All that Jesus Christ has done and is doing we have an obligation to allow his spirit to give victory over the slavery of sin and death. 
that our old sin nature still wants to run toward. We, our obligation is no longer to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The person whose life is daily dominated by the old sinful selfish flesh will ultimately die. Now, track with me. He's not talking about physical death here. How do you know that? Because all of us die. All of us will die, right? Uh, but if our lives are dominated daily by the old sinful flesh, that shows us that the Holy Spirit is absent and missing from our lives. If your life is only about old sinful running after this sin and that, it shows you that the power source is absent and missing, which means there'll be eternal separation from God. He's talking here about dying spiritually, being separated from Christ for all of eternity. The Holy Spirit has the strength to empower us to victory over sin. Understand that? He gives us the strength, so we now have the privilege to live free for King Jesus. Verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Did you catch that? <laughs> for those who are led by the Spirit of God, you're led by the Spirit because the Spirit is alive in us. When we say, yes, I'm a sinner, I'm in great need of a Savior, Jesus, I open up the door of my life, I receive you by faith. It says, those who have the Spirit and are led by the Spirit are the children of God. We are children of God. <laughs> that, that's huge. I am a child of God. Say it with me. I am a child of God. I belong to God's family. That's the second point. Say it with me. I belong to God's family. When the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, and now the Holy Spirit begins to dominate and control our lives, it shows who we belong to. You tracking? So, so when the Holy Spirit lives in us, and it's the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit begins to control our lives, that shows us we belong to King Jesus. It shows us that we're children of the Lord. Verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. This, this is so practical for 2021. Track with me. When we say yes to Jesus by faith, we receive him into our lives as Savior and Lord. We used to live in fear, okay? Before you open up the door of your life and allow Jesus in and his Holy Spirit takes up residence, it says we live in fear. Now look at verse 15. After the Holy Spirit comes in, we no longer are slaves to fear. Is that not good news? We no longer are slaves to fear. 
Fear used to be our master. Fear used to own us. Fear used to be our boss. We had no choice but to be afraid, but we're no longer slaves to fear. Afraid of what? <laughs> Talking about death here. He just, just talked about afraid of death, physical death, afraid of dying physically. Why? Because you know you're a sinner and judgment awaits, okay? He's talking about physical death, afraid of physical death and spiritual death, being separated from holy, righteous God, and it's going to be bad. But when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in, the, in his followers, he empowers us to no longer live in fear. We no longer have to be afraid of death, physical death, spiritual death. Why not? Because the Holy Spirit now tells us when you belong to Jesus, the best is yet to come. Do you believe that? This isn't the end. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad it isn't heaven on earth? Because that ain't happening, right? It's not heaven. No, no. We have something to look forward to. So even if the worst happens to you or a loved one who knows Christ personally, cancer is stage four, no treatments available. You get that dreaded call in the night. Somebody's been in an awful car accident. Somebody you love, the pandemic has hit them. Here's what's true. Second Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're, if you're a follower of King Jesus, God has not given, if you're feeling afraid, that's not from Jesus. Do you understand? Um, he's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That's scripture. That's truth. If the worst happens, and can I just say, it's going to happen. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> So let me say it this way. When the worst happens to you or a loved one, it's going to be absent from this earthly body present with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't get that on your hard drive, fear will dominate. Absent from this body, then the next breath I get to go be with Jesus. Look at what it says. We, verse 15, we used to be slaves to sin and fear. Why? Because we only had a sin nature. But now we've been adopted by the Holy Spirit. We've been hand-selected and we're now sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Talk a bit, verse 15, about adoption. He goes from slaves talk now to adoption talk. Adoption wasn't generally practiced by the Jews. You don't see that talk much. But in the Roman culture, uh, which at that time controlled the New Testament churches, the church at Rome, this is written to, church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the churches in the region of Galatia talks a lot about adoption, okay? And it was common in the Roman world. Adoption, interestingly, almost never happened when you were a child in the Roman culture. It almost always happened with adults. And, and the master, the owner of slaves uh, would look around and he'd see uh, someone in uh, his uh, servants and his slaves and, and he would actually look at them and say, you're no longer a slave. You're no longer a servant. You now are a child of the family. And now you have all the rights 
and the privileges that go with being a member of this family. Now think with me. This child or this adult is now adapted. They're no longer property. They're no longer slaves or servants. They're now a legally chosen member of the family of God, is what he's saying. He's saying, you're no longer living as slaves to sin and Satan and death. Now you're a member of my family. You belong to me. You're a part of my chosen royal family. Verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. The Spirit testifies, the Holy Spirit testifies with us that we belong to God. We're, we're his children. Meaning, there's clear evidence when we see evidence that the Spirit is alive and working in our lives, that shows us, beyond doubt, I belong to God. <laughs> I'm a part of His family. Do you understand? So how can you know if you belong to Jesus? And, and the answer is, is, is there evidence? Is there fruit that shows that you belong to Him? Is there clear evidence that, that the third person of the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your life? And when you see God at work through his spirit in you, it shows you, I, I belong to God. I'm a part of his family. Verse 17. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. This is so huge, we may need to read this multiple times. Now, if we're children... If, if it's clear that the Holy Spirit is in me and alive in me and there's fruit and evidence, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Let that settle in. Heirs with God, co-heirs with Christ. We need to understand our place in the family. We're no longer strangers. <laughs> okay? I'm no longer a servant. I'm no longer a slave. No, no. I run to God's throne now because I'm one of his hand-picked heirs. I am a child of God. So when there's stuff going on in my life, I, I don't have to remain distance and say, oh no, I can't go running to him. Here's what Hebrews 4.16 says. We get to approach the throne of King Jesus with confidence and boldness. Why? Why? <laughs> We're family now, okay? I'm a part of the family. So when there's trouble going on in my life or difficulty going on in yours, I get to run boldly and confidently and courageously and go right up to King Jesus with my trouble. And the king of the universe, here's what he says. You're always welcome. <laughs> You're always welcome. Come on in, and I'm not going to send you away. I'm not going to tell you I'm too tired. I'm worn out. I'm stressed. You got to come back tomorrow. No, no. He's always available, and he's always welcoming us in in our times of need. Is that not great news? We, we could just go running right in. Run boldly, confidently. Jesus says, because you're my ears. 
And here's the promise. I'm going to give you grace and mercy to deal with whatever need or fear or trouble you're facing. Whatever's going on in your life, my children, my family, come on in. And whatever it is, I'll give you the grace and the mercy you need to deal with that situation. Struggling with fear? You're an heir to the courage of Christ. Think about that. (laughs) That's your inheritance. You're battling depression and doubt today? Why not ask King Jesus to help you in your battle with discouragement and doubt and depression? Just ask, run right up to the king and say, you know, Lord, I need a big dose of your joy. I need a whole bunch of your peace right now because what I'm going through. Are, Are you confused, unsure what's next? Hey, co heir fellow member of the family, run up to Jesus and ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says, you can come anytime and ask, and he promises he's going to give you what you need. Got an entangling, besetting sin that has you by the throat? Think with me. Beloved child of God, cry out for your way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10.13. Ask the Lord, Lord, how can I get victory over this entangling addiction that's threatening to destroy me and the people around me? Run to Jesus. Uh, He'll show you what to do right now. He'll lay out his plan when you come back day after day after day. We are adopted children, heirs of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Adopted, hand-selected Now we belong to his family. Here's my question. Why are so many of us living like paupers? Why are so many of us living as though we're homeless orphans and I don't have anywhere to go and I got all this coming upon me and I don't know what to do with it? Can I tell you, this changes everything. Changes everything. Some of you are thinking right now, I think this is too good to be true. Um, Ephesians 1, verse 3. um, Here's what it says. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do we have that verse? Do we have Ephesians 1, 3? I don't know if we do. If we don't, it's one to... Write down somewhere and you can look it up and memorize it, okay? Um, Here's what 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9 says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that. You can't, you've never seen it, your ear hasn't heard it, you can't even imagine all the good stuff God has prepared for his chosen children. Wow. It changes everything. Sad reality. Many of us. I'm going to go further. Sad reality. No, most of us really don't believe that. And here's what I mean. It's not that you're rejecting God's truth. It's just that I, I, don't, I don't really believe it because I'm not living it out. I, I know Jesus And I'm born again, and his spirit has taken up residence in my life. 
but I'm just too busy to take advantage of my inheritance. Maybe that's what happened to Mr. Gray. He was just too busy being homeless and starving to take advantage of his inheritance. Too much going on in his life. Going from rescue mission to rescue mission to homeless shelter to homeless shelter. Most of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we either are too busy to take advantage of our inheritance, or maybe we've forgotten about it, or perhaps we've never really understood our inheritance in Jesus Christ. So instead of living as victorious children of the king, here's what C.S. Lewis says. We're content, we're satisfied making mud pies in the sewer. Isn't that sad? So instead, so instead of being children of the king, we're just making little mud pies out in the mud and the manure of this world. All of us who know Jesus... All of us who've been adopted into his family, all of us who the Spirit is alive and working in our lives, give me your eyes, I'll give you mine, we, we don't have to wait and freeze to death under the underpass anymore. We don't. We're rich. We aren't bankrupt beggars with no family or friends. That's not true about us any longer. King Jesus has adopted you into his eternal family. Oh, and by the way, his resurrection power, where's that living right now? Right here, in, in me and in all of us who know Jesus. He's saved, he, we're born again, now his spirit has taken up residence and all that. Everything changes. Resurrection power, alive in us. Challenge, right now. Will you today say, Lord, by your grace... I want to start living and speaking and thinking in alignment with my place, with my position in God's family. Been living as though I'm a pauper. I'm living as if I got nowhere to go with my trouble and my problems. Lord, I've, I've been living as though I'm a bankrupt beggar, and that's just not true. Lord, help me to know I'm an heir with God Almighty. I'm a co-heir with Christ. I have an inheritance. And guess when that inheritance begins? Are you ready? Right now. It began the moment you said yes to Jesus. You don't have to wait to heaven till you start enjoying your position as a part of the family of God. Christ's grace and mercy is available right now. And it will last for all of eternity. If you'll grasp that this morning... If you'll say, Lord, help me to start believing that. Help me to start living that. Help me to start speaking that. I promise you, it'll change the way you live. <laughs> because we're no longer homeless beggars. We're, we're no longer paupers and orphans. We've got a family. <laughs> We've got a heavenly father. We've got a Holy Spirit. The new has come. By God's grace. Let's start living that way. Will you follow? Let's start living that way. What do you think? And your answer is? Let's pray as we close. Lord, the enemy is uh, pretty slick. 
He loves to make us think that you're mad at us, that you're sorry you chose us, that you're ready to kick us out of your family, and those are all lies. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for taking our place on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood and wiping our sin debt clean on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross, taking our place in the grave. And King Jesus, we praise you for not staying dead, but arising victoriously early Sunday morning, defeating sin and Satan and death. And Lord, those facts are what bring salvation. You've told us that the gospel is your plan to change our lives from the inside out. Lord, if there's anybody watching online right now, anybody here in the building who's never acknowledged their greatest problem is we're sinners. We're poor, ornery sinners. Only way of escape is through the cross. The only way to wipe that debt clean is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We believe, Jesus, you shed your blood for me. We believe, Jesus, you took our place in the grave, dead. And we also believe early Sunday morning you didn't stay dead. You literally, bodily, physically from the dead. We believe that. I believe that for me. And right now, by faith, Jesus, I choose to open up the door, the windows to my life right now. And I invite you, Jesus, to come in. Make me new. Change me from the inside out. Inviting you, Lord, and I'm asking that your spirit might take up residence in my life right now. That's where new life begins. That's where power takes up residence in your life and mine. Did you know that? That's the moment you get adopted. You adopted stubborn, ornery sinners like me and you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us members of your royal family. More than that, you make us heirs. Give us an inheritance that starts right now and lasts for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for being our loving king. Thank you for being our forever friend. My prayer for me, Lord, I pray for each of my friends those here in the building, those watching online, would you, would you help us to quit living and speaking as though we're poor, helpless, powerless paupers? Lord, would you help us to throw away uh, that idea that we're broken, powerless in this fallen world? We're just pawns getting pushed all over the board. Help us to recognize the truth start living out our inheritance because Lord we're loved we're chosen 
We're children of the King of the universe. We're rich and we're empowered by your spirit. Those facts are life-changing. We love you, Lord. We're grateful to be reminded of those facts from your book today. We love you. Help us to follow strong. Help us to think biblically. Lord, help us to start speaking in alignment with our new family, our new inheritance in mind. Help us to live in accordance with our brand new inheritance. We love you.